Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Episode 134 of Another Woodshop Podcast, where this week's guest has been around tools and makers since she was a wee little lass. After falling in love with woodworking while helping in her grandfather's shop, she followed that passion through certifications and apprenticeships with some of the best makers and craftsmen of our time. Now she gives back by teaching at the Austin School of Furniture. She is half sawdust, half woman, and all awesome. Amanda Russell's here. <laughs> Hey, he's so good at that. What You're so good man. at that. He's so good. Graduated from sawdust girl to sawdust woman. And now we got a yes. man to wrestle with. No. I remember uh, when I was a sawdust like, boy. I remember when I was a, yeah, a, a, a wee sawdust lad. Uh, <laughs> what he saying? That's Peach right? said. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a real, it's my Texas accent. Uh, like Pete said. Amanda Russell is joining us on the episode this week, which is awesome. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of questions for her on the show for sure. But first, I want to say a big thank you to our patrons. Uh, our latest and newest patron, who happens to be a VIP patron, is Christian Tung or Tung? Christian G. T. Thanks, Christian T, for joining the Met Army. Really appreciate it. Pete, you got some news about the uh, the Patreon yeah, Sitch. so we are actually adding some uh, little benefits to our Patreon tiers. So now with any tier, if you sign up, uh, we announce your name at the top of the podcast, as always. But we're also going to throw that in the show notes for that week so that you guys can show off to your grandma or your wife. and be Like, see, honey, I told you they said my name on the radio on the Internet. So you can show that off. And internet for radio. our to- top tier patrons, because they support us uh, and they allow us, all of you guys allow us to do the show, but the top tier patrons as an extra bonus are going to get all of their names read every single week at the end of the podcast. So, uh, you know, help make that really, a really long segment by adding your name to that list. So um, Mike's going to read those names off later. So Christian's going to have his I'll name read, him later. read twice. <clears throat> One of these wow. days, that segment will get so long, we'll have to cut it in half with a butter knife. Uh, Stop it, Dan. Listen, I'm going to be real honest right now, guys. Dan tor- told a horrific story before we came in here to record. <laughs> it and uh, it's traumatizing is, I think, a light way of putting it. It's I am a horrible shocked story. Amanda's just, still here. I can retell it if you guys I know. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, she, was, she almost went over to Shop Sounds. I mean, Dan, you <laughs> Don't do this again. No, uh, it was disgusting and horrible, and it's just perfectly Dan. So, uh, but anyways, uh, you know, we can share it for our some... patrons only. I mean, I guess we could try to lose more numbers. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, Dan. <laughs> if you want to thin out the herd and see who's got the fortitude to stay with us, uh, we could have your story told over there. <laughs> um, All right, continue. No, uh, seriously. <laughs> No, no, I want to keep going. Really, I just want to beat this dead horse to pulp. No, <laughs> no, uh, no. But seriously, uh, we got we got Amanda joining us this, this week. Uh, we actually do have some reviews, but we can't find them, so we're not going to actually. We got some on Yelp. Week, so, uh, oh, do you want to do them? Yeah, I'll 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 read a couple. <laughs> I be I have the technology. I'll be pissed. <laughs> uh, we got one from. We're uh, going to disappoint for sure. I got one from Dwight S. over in Scranton, PA. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, he Work says... Company? <laughs> uh, he doesn't say. Well, I don't know. I haven't. I just skimmed it. So let's see. <laughs> let's see. Uh, 
started listening a while back during the saga with the furniture finish company that shall not be named. Since then, I've taken it upon myself to formulate my own finish using beet juice as the main ingredient. My initial batch used three parts beet juice, one part jello, and Pam's placenta. Oh, God. Oh, Dan, you didn't put <laughs> at all. A, I've had a jar in my cellar since 2012. <laughs> the batch worked well. But since Jim All right, and Pam so we're done with reviews for the week. That was a huge failure <laughs> and a mistake, as usual. Stop! Just stop reading it. It's terrible. <laughs> this is Amanda. It's usually not this bad. I swear. No, it's Angela. Is always this bad. You keep saying that. It gets worse. Since Angela is barren. <laughs> this has never happened before. <laughs> I wrote this. I will mute you. You can order some uh, of my furniture finish it. No, stop. Shrootsauce.com. Shrootsauce. Oh, my God. Look, if you want to read this uh, review in its no. entirety, go over to our Yelp page. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, I actually blame Pete for this because I'm pretty sure he started the Yelp page. So <laughs> I did. We have a Podcasts Yelp don't need Yelp pages. <laughs> You say that now. All right. We're five stars. Oh, there's yeah, another no, mention of placentas in there. No, stop, Dan. Oh. Stop. It's like Dan's this not reading the, the room. No, Dan, Dan, Dan no one <laughs> wants this at all. <laughs> it's really bad. Yes, it still is. Sorry. Stop. <laughs> I'm entertained by the horribleness. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, so we're going to, Dan's going to edit the last few minutes out of the show. I am uh, not. <laughs> no, he's for sure not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Amanda's with us. We have questions for Amanda. I'm going to throw it right over to Pete to start off with some of these questions so we can get to know Amanda a little bit here. Yeah, Peter. so uh, you're, you've been in making or woodworking pretty much your whole entire life. Your grandfather and your father were makers as well. Your grandfather was a furniture maker, I believe, right? Um, so I haven't been making my whole life. I've been around it for sure. You've so been around it, yeah. I've been around it. Um, yeah, so talk about your like, you know, your kind of origin story. Like what really got you like stuck on woodworking? Like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, my dad, my grandfather uh restored antique clocks. So like the gears, but also the wood all the wood parts, finials. He's a stuff clocktometrist. Like that. A clocktometrist, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's so good. Um, That's okay. <laughs> we can't talk about the butter knives. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. And uh, yes. <laughs> um, and my dad restored antique furniture and built furniture. So I did grow up around oh wood wood shops. Um but I didn't take an interest until about seven years ago now. Um and that was just um my um I was bartending at the time, so I wanted to make a muddler, you know, like for mojitos or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you were I a went mixologist. to I was a mixologist. Um, yeah. And <laughs> so I uh, turned a muddler. That was my first project ever. And sort of just fell That's in love cool. with it immediately. Um, and moved to Austin uh, six years ago to take woodworking classes at community college, where I met um, my former mentor, Philip Morley. He was one of my instructors there. Um, and so, yeah, I... He, I took one of his classes and then about six months after I got out, I was working at a sawmill at the time and he asked me to come help out at the shop. And so I began a four-year apprenticeship after that. And about six months ago, or no, not even about three months ago, I left that, that uh, apprenticeship and have been uh, working with a friend here in Austin 
and kind of starting my own thing at the same time. So yeah, sort of the short of it. <laughs> Very cool. That's awesome. Neat. I mean, <laughs> do you want to mention where you're at, where you're working right now? Yeah. So I work this with, um, gr- right. I work with Jordan at Growler <laughs> Domestics, right? <laughs> uh, Jordan at Growler Domestics. And um, we've been working, I've been there about three months now or just over three months. And it's nice. been fun. Like he definitely works a different, we were, we both work completely different ways. So, mm-hmm. um, we, we both like been learning a lot from each other. Like it's definitely more fast paced than I'm used to. I was in a fine furniture setting for a long time. And, um, we, Jordan does like commercial install, um, furniture as well, but it's, it's definitely a much quicker pace. So I'm learning the business side of it. Um, how to work a lot faster, um, and just a different level of work. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, and Jordan's just great. So I've really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, Jordan's solid dude for sure. It really yeah. feels like you've been in that shop for like ever. Like I, <laughs> it does seem like it, it. You guys have a good vibe going. So like it feels like you guys just, you know, work really well together. Your content that you guys kind of cross produce together. Uh, it just seems like a lot of, good positive energy and and jordan the first time i met jordan was the the time we were in austin he's oh that's amazing. right yeah he's, such a good <laughs> he's he is really amazing and i yeah i've been i met him like at the very beginning of covid at um like the first outing i ever went to <laughs> like when not beginning of covid i guess like the <laughs> first time i was safe to go in public or it felt like it was but yeah we've been friends for several years so it, it was like a, a it i fit right in i felt like it worked out perfectly, but that's awesome. Yeah. yeah Jordan's yeah. a solid dude for sure. He really is. He's great. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, like we're, we're working, but it's also a lot of fun. So I've really been enjoying that. Um, cool. Super cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Now Pete, you got anything else? Yeah. So uh, now you're, you're with Jordan. You're still teaching at the school, correct? Yes. So I'm teaching at, yeah. Austin school. So furniture. How did that come about? Cause that's, that's a pretty cool little spot to work at. Yeah, that, uh, so I started there, um, back in 2019, I was the shop manager for up until, or 2018. So we moved to a new location. I was the shop manager and teacher's assistant for all the classes. And that was a really good experience too. Cause we had like guest teachers and, um, got to meet some like really good furniture makers that came through. And, um, then when COVID happened, we sh- sort of shut down for about, about a year and a half, I think. And, but, um, once we started back up, I was, I've been assisting classes and teaching classes since then. So that's, that's been a really good opportunity too. Um, and yeah, the, so yeah, I've been doing that since about 2018, I think. Nice. And awesome. is that, is that the long term goal you want to be teaching or you want to be doing furniture or both? Um, primarily teaching. I think, um, that's, that's always been a big, a huge part of, because of my path, because I had the opportunity to go to, um, I mean, it was community college, but it's still, I had formal teaching in woodworking and how important that was to me. I mean, I'm, yeah, I moved to, I moved to Austin because I knew I needed a school setting. And, um, so for me, that's, that's, you know, I've had really good opportunity and I feel like paying that forward is really important to me. And, um, when I, started assisting classes several years ago. Um, 
I learned so much doing that because I was able to kind of sit back and watch the teacher and watch the students interact with the teacher and was still new enough at it to understand kind of the the gap. I feel like when you've been teaching for a long time, it's easy to forget like the beginning steps or the the things that come naturally to you are not don't come naturally to a new beginner student. So assisting, I was able to kind of like fill in those gaps and it taught me a lot really quickly. Um, and it also made me realize how important the teaching aspect was to me. So that's, that's definitely, uh, primarily teaching would be great in form of like online classes or in person. Um, and then I'd like to do like small batch production furniture. Um, I really like production, um, work, um, dialing in like jigs and stuff like that and using that as a teaching opportunity as well, like project, um, based classes. So. What about like studio furniture? Awesome. Have you ever, like, would you um, ever want to go that route? Like one of a kind pieces? Now that I've done, I mean, I did that for, uh, with <laughs> Phil for about four years. Um, yes, but not for more as a like passion project, less of a okay. business <laughs> venture. Um, I feel like I've found, I, I, especially like switching over to Jordan shop from Phil's, like completing a project in a few weeks. There's something like, for the way my brain works is, is satisfying. Um, and I would on, would like to take like custom work on, but at my own pace and like create purely creative work. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. You guys got any questions? Come on. Yeah. I mean, you know what you say about teaching is so important. I mean, we, I, sometimes they'll get random questions from people from the community and it's like, they'll ask a very, very basic question. And, but it's not a basic question for them. It's it's a question they just don't know because they've never done it. And in our in our in our minds, we're like, how do you not know that? And that's a bad response to that question. You need to be more like, I mean, you really should be more helpful. It just isn't. It isn't the right response. And you need to remember yeah. like where we always need to remember where we came from and where we all started and all these things. I mean, I, I what did I get a question on today? Um, oh, like someone was. At, I did a post today about an elephant, and someone just didn't understand why that would be better than using a flush trim bit and stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, it just, it just is better in my head, but you have to explain it and understand the basics. Yep. These people don't understand that or someone doesn't know that because they've never experienced it or something like that. So I guess with my, my question is with teaching, like how do you see that being in your future? Like, do you want to have a school? Do you want to teach at a place that is ran by someone else. I mean, what do you want? What's your thoughts on that? Like, how do you want to do that? I know you said you want to do digital classes, which is a great route, obviously, because you can control that whole setting and sell them and make money. And it's, but what do you, how do you see that going down the road? Um, I think for now, traveling and teaching is a big thing. There's a lot of um, different, uh, I visited a couple schools over the summer and have gone um, to different spaces. And I feel like it's, to answer your question, I guess, um, reaching in as many people as possible is priority right now. Eventually I would like to teach in one spot, um, whether that be like out of my own studio or a school setting. Um, yeah. but I think t- traveling and teaching will always be a part of a part of that. Um, there's cool. a lot of different organizations like nonprofit, um, schools out there that are working to like create, more welcoming spaces for students, which is also like a big priority for me. Right. Um, being a, a woman in the, you know, even in community colleges, I had several experiences that 
um, almost made me not want to do this. <laughs> so, right. um, I, it's important for me to, to contribute to that. So that, that'll always be in the, in the future. Yeah. And we'll dig into that deeper. We have a question that kind of asks about that specifically about inclusiveness and um, opening up the woodworking world, which is super important. I mean, there needs to be more. I mean, it's a, it's a male dominated, highly ego driven um, industry or world. I don't know. It just is like, unfortunately it is. It's just like this. There is a lot of that in it. Even as a, as a man in it, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a a lot of ego in it. And there just, there really doesn't need much space for that here. I mean, it's just, We'll get into that more and what you what you do yep. with that and um and how how you facilitate making a more open environment in this world because I mean I for me it's really important that we get more than just white bearded dudes in the community because we need to get different approaches for all these things and it's so it is really important to diversify the uh, the people in this in this community. It's really important. So mm-hmm. we'll talk more about that in a little bit here with the questions we have. I have a quick um, question about but, the. The, of course, kind of the, the educational road trip you did this summer because you did do qu- quite a bit of travel. I was seeing you in like a different shop. I feel like every week. Um, how did that come about? How did you get that locked down? And like, what was your process? Because I, I hear people all the time talking about like, you know, I wish I could like go and learn. Or people, I mean, all three of us have had people reach out to us to like, hey, can I come like work in your shop for a week or a day or something? And we obviously for liability, we were usually like hard no, <laughs> um, right? But. How did you lock that down? Randos. How did you make it happen? So it was it was kind of random. I was going to visit um, a friend and cancel that trip, and was like had a opportunity to go to Brooklyn, and literally just started calling people I knew <laughs> nearby. There's a friend That's in Philly, awesome. Larissa, and it was like, hey, can I just? I, I was only gone for like two weeks. It felt like much longer, but. I went to Philly, Baltimore, Connecticut. I went up to find woodworking. Um, I went to a few shops in Brooklyn and it was literally just, um, I went to Baltimore and they were like, we know a couple shops in Brooklyn if you're headed back there in the next couple days. And then, you know, Philly, I visited shops and it was, it was really just a testament, I think, to the community. Um, Cause I, these like, several of the people I've never met at all. And then a couple of the girls I had met online a couple years or like had known online for a couple years. And so it was just them welcoming me into spaces. And, um, that was really like changed a lot of things for me. <laughs> Sorry, it's a cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> that changed a lot of things for me. Um, like perspective too. And like how, I mean, we'll get dive into that later, but the, the welcoming aspect of, of shops like that, and how that that can open doors. That's awesome. I think the community Sweet. is a big part of it too, obviously, because you're getting referred by people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it was it was literally, yeah, just built, like everybody's eager to help, like pass that along. So, yeah, that, that changed a lot. Sacramento, Northern Jersey, or. Middle of nowhere in Nebraska, you got some shops to stop at. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's it's really important. <clears throat> Bring your butter knife. <laughs> ah, Should we jump into? Well, questions? with that, let's uh, let's jump in. No, let's jump into what's on our bench. Uh, but first, let's do that. it. Let's hit this button. What's on my bench? 
I don't want to hear Dan's voice for the next hour, so I'm going to throw it to Pete. Pete, hey. what's on your bench right now? <laughs> I'll keep it uh, brief. It's been it's been a crazy two weeks. It honestly honestly feels like we've been off for longer than that. Uh, with the holidays and Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Small Business Saturday, Sucker Free Sunday, all those sales that we're running was kind of nuts. That's my, I did the best on Sunday, just so you guys know. <laughs> Sucker Free so, Sunday. Sucker like Free that. Sunday, it's a thing. So it, it's just been a lot of... Uh, Etsy orders and Etsy prep and prep for, I think I mentioned I got into a vendor event that's local to here at a pretty like popular happening spot. Um, and anytime they run like any kind of fair or whatever, that place is packed like to the point where like a, an entire field becomes a parking lot. So I'm hoping it's going to be a good turnout. So I'm really, tr- I'm going in full production mode right now, just making tchotchkes, knickknacks, uh, and random things. Patty wax. Patty wax. Um, and so I'm making all the, all this random stuff uh, on the laser on the CNC. I'm kind of like I'm learning the laser again because of you know how how different it cuts and how much stronger it is. Just dialing it in so I'm not overkilling it or underkilling it for all these uh, engravings and cuts. Um, but I'm making a lot of stuff and I, honestly, it's gotten to the point where like a lot of the days I just don't even like make content. I'm just cranking stuff out. Um, I already have tons of cutting boards that are still like left over that I've just been knocking out over the last couple months so now it's all all the other random stuff and i'm really trying to lean into the laser cut uh items because i didn't have that at the last vendor event so i'm trying to uh, hit that a little bit uh the print shop the 3d printing shop is doing really well uh this is a you know pretty big weekend as always you know as it is every year uh not as amazing as i was hoping it would be i was hoping to like do double the sales from last year but it was still significantly more than last year so i'm happy um, and I'm just getting ready for the holidays. Um, going to have some family staying with us for the last week and a half. So I'm not taking on any commissions. Like I've been saying no to people, um, you know, commissions, cutting boards, random, whatever they want. Like I've been saying no through the end of the year, uh, starting like mid November, if not earlier, because I just didn't want to do what I do every year, which is work all the way up until the holidays, you know, and until given people a cutting board or something on the 23rd being like hey don't use this for two weeks i just oiled it (laughs) it's secure so um aside from that uh the the next big thing that's going to be uh getting started that's probably going to start after um the 15th when the fair is i think it's the 15th and that is the um ice climbing tools so i'm doing that's a full production it's not a labor of love at all but it you know brings in the money and it's for a buddy of mine for his company so uh i helped him out and they help me out with money. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> so that's uh that's something that's gonna get started uh late December and pretty much done nonstop in January until I get all that stuff knocked out. Uh but it's been that. I uh, got some good stuff on uh Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all those days. Um picked up a new printer uh because I, I don't have enough. So adding to the the nine that I have, I just added a tenth Another one. The Prusa? It's not a Prusa, it's uh Elegoo. Uh, it's, it's a resin printer. So it prints from, uh, it's UV resin. So for anyone that's not oh. familiar with it, essentially it prints upside down. There's a little basin where you like pour in uh UV resin, kind of like the stuff that we see from uh total boat, but it's, um, usually co- whatever color you need. So it's not clear. And then there's a, a, an eight K screen, a UV screen below it. And it lights up whatever pixels are supposed to cure. And it cures just those tiny sections. Um, you know, one layer at a time. So whether you're printing one little spot or printing the entire bed, it could print just as fast. So it's really cool. 
Um, it can do just crazy hyper detail stuff. And I'm not going to be using it for production. Um, I will figure out a way to incorporate it into the business, but this was something I just always wanted. And I finally was like, you know what? Got a good sale. Let me get it. And I got like the best one I can get for, you know, the prices. It was only like 700 bucks, I think all in with a cleaner and all that stuff. Um, and, uh, I can do like ABS and whatnot, which is a very hard plastic. So for certain tools and things that I'm making for the shop, I'll actually do it on a resin printer because I can get better quality, stronger prints that way. So pretty excited for that. So mm-hmm. adding new things cool. to the shop. Uh, but that's it. That's all I got. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Because I don't want to hear Dan either. <laughs> <laughs> we have to throw it to Amanda too. So Dan's going to go. I know. Uh, <laughs> Dan's going last. Uh, I got, uh, it's pretty busy right now. We got like... Um, like 300 tumbler order right now. We got these four doors we're finishing. We got 200 shelves for room and board, 20 coffee tables. We just finished a 55 by 91 countertop. Um, sorry, I'm just going to my list. Um, we're finishing up the 55 paradise monopoly board boxes. Um, we just shipped out a grounding box. Actually the freight company is coming tomorrow to pick those up uh, or to pick that up. And then, um, what else? Oh, I just hired a third guy this, today. Oh. Uh, so he'll be starting part-time on Monday. So he'll be like a shop helper. Um, just filled out all the paperwork for that. So, yeah, it's just really busy Look right now. you helping the economy. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, also, uh, I don't know if I talked about it on the show. Maybe I did. Peter, the cinematographer, mm. uh, he started a couple weeks ago. And mm. we've recorded four or five videos are in the can now. So uh, he's 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 got to fly to... New York on Thursday. Well, today actually flying to New York for the next week and a half for a video shoot he's doing with a dot com company um, that you search things for. It's Google dot com. Uh, but he's doing a big shoot for Google right now. But he's going to be back in a week and a half, and then we're going to be. Yeah, Ask Jeeves. Yeah, they're trying to bring it back. Pete, Peter's going to help him bring back Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Anyone can. No, but he's going to be back. Uh, he's going to be back in a week and a half, and um, we'll be filming. Uh, like three more videos. So we're trying to get the first video, which is going to be the shop tour out on the YouTube, on the YouTube channel. And like uh, right when he gets back, actually, we just have to, he just has to come back and we just have to shoot some uh, thumbnail shots. That's it. The whole thing's edited. It looks great. Um, then we'll start releasing videos on the YouTube channel every two to three weeks after that. So um, yeah, just a lot of stuff going on right now. This <laughs> is really busy. So Send help. Um, Amanda, what's going on with your week? <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to follow up after that, um, but <laughs> I'll try. But well, you don't uh, have to talk about the week. Talk about like your last <laughs> month and a half, right? Um, <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, and I have been working on a restaurant build out um, for about, nice. I guess, a month and a half, and so lots of ash. Um, doing like built-in hmm. benches and stuff, a uh, bunch of shiplap, lots of millwork, ton of millwork. Yeah. Um, the best. Yes. I actually love that kind of work. So works out pretty perfectly. Um, outside mm-hmm. of that, I've been working on a blog, which I published the first blog a couple weeks ago. That was um, awesome. Yeah, that was that turned out really, really well. Good. Super happy yeah. with that. Yeah, <laughs> um, really so good. working on more guests for that. Uh, I have a couple things in the works I can't talk about just yet, but pretty big changes coming down coming up soon and um a dartboard project a dartboard cabinet project that should be pretty Dork. fun um primarily using the shaper origin um no the dartboard is going to be 
made as well, or that's just going to be placed in like a finished one's going to be placed inside uh, the place, cabinet. Placed inside the cabinet. Okay. So a very you're, like pretty you're like, the cabinet for it. The cabinet. Like, yes, the cabinet for. I'm actually it. really so, excited to see that because I got a dartboard cabinet too. with a board from a neighbor, uh, and uh-huh. I want to replace the cabinet. It's like his old yeah. Board. I want to get rid of that thing. I haven't seen like I love darts, and I have not seen a cabinet I really liked. So it was a opportunity to kind of play with some I, design elements I really liked, and in awesome. something that I would use. So yeah, kind of this like Art Decoish mid-century modern uh, dartboard cabinet, which should be really nice. fun. Some like inlaid cork, fun shapes, stuff going on. Um, so I'm really excited about that. That's um, going to be starting pretty soon. But yeah, a lot, Sweet. a lot going on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I forgot one thing. We're doing. Uh, <laughs> we're doing four desks for a, a an office space build out too. I just actually speaking of milling, I love milling. Uh, that we just got done doing. I'm I actually today was milling up uh, a ton of English elm. So I'm actually letting it rest right now. But we got um, four four foot by five foot desks that are gonna actually. They're designed to combine together to one long four foot wide by 20 foot long table. So it's like this big transformer desk. Um, and then we're doing a bar for them as well. So um, the bar is a absolutely gorgeous piece of Clara Walnut that I cannot wait to share with everyone. I just <laughs> cleaned up a little bit today and it is bonkers. So uh, anyway, that's going to be great. Pete, what, I'm just kidding. Pete left. Dan, what about you, my friend? Oh. I can talk now. <laughs> um, Actually, I take it back. Let's go to voicemails. Uh, no, Dan, what's what you got going on in your bench, buddy? Just Etsy. Etsy, I'm drowning just, in Etsy. You're not going to drop a butter knife joke? That was prime. Like indoors <laughs> too. Bow tie, butter knife. <laughs> I have a lot of Etsy orders. Yeah, you I'd do. Say. You had a crazy, <laughs> crazy two weeks. Come on, talk uh, more. You know, speaking of Etsy, <laughs> speaking of Etsy. I had, I don't know what happened over this weekend. I ran a small sale on one item. I didn't get like as many as Dan. What do you have right now, Dan? 80? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I got like 20 Farkle board orders <laughs> over the last four or five days or since whatever Friday. So I guess six days. Well, your new guy's going to be busy. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be sanding a lot. That's pr- primarily going to be his, his job. What else, Dan? No, that's it. Just that. What about the door? What about the door stuff? Oh, yeah. Delivered the door jam. What? On, you got to give us more. Come on. You got to give us more than that. I'm good. Why? Let's continue. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, then we're going to jump into voicemails. Uh, the first one is from Daniel Taylor. What's going on, guys and gal, I think, this week? Uh, anyways, Daniel with Taylor Custom Crafted. Almost forgot to call in uh, with an off week last week. Threw me off my rhythm. Uh, Anyways, with end of the year right around the corner, I hope everyone has met the goals that they set for themselves this year, and I hope everybody is setting some huge goals for next year. I know I'm trying to. But anyways, with that being said, I've got three questions, one for each of you, to end out the year. Now remember, I've been a long-time listener, so here we go. Mike, are you still blowing out your F-hole? Can't stop. Pete. Are you still leaving the door open so that people can poop with you too? And Dan, are you still trying to fit things that are bigger than the hole it's designed for? Anyways, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to answer the questions. Hope you guys got a laugh out of this. 
And until next time, I'll see you. These are all throwbacks. All throwbacks. Way throwback. Like, way deep throwbacks. <laughs> Which is why everyone uh, needs to the, listen to the old episodes. Yeah, like, the F-hole joke is so old. That's, like, episode, what, nine or something? I don't even know. Well, you haven't made <laughs> a guitar. I know. I've got this. I've got, like, two body blanks glued up, too. I need to make new guitars. I miss making guitars. They're so fun. Guitar um, bodies. Guitar bodies. Guitar bodies. I can't I, you know, guitar bodies have F-holes. And uh, I had a router incident at one point, and I bl- I blew my f hole clean out, and it was uh, <laughs> it was it was a long running gag. But anyway, I still have the Pete, uh, the little sign. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I've got it on my I've got it on my whiteboard from Nick. <laughs> I'm super bummed. Nobody's done a uh, hashtag pooping with Pete. Um, we were trying to think of all the shame. It was like drinks with Dunlap, <laughs> and then coffee with coffee, and then there was there wasn't one for me, so. Pooping with Pete started. I think it was uh, Nick Brim who started it. It's probably Nick yeah, Brim. It was, it was That's a Nick got Brim, Brim energy all over. I haven't it. gotten a tag in a while, guys. It's kind of rude. It's like I oh forgot about me. Forget about it, Dan? Dan. What about what about fitting things that aren't fitting in things? Uh, I guess he's referring to the miter station. Uh, everything's I fine. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand the joke. I think it's the I think oh, it's the, the miter station. The okay. miter station joke, yes. All right. The next one is from Josh Friedrich. Five hey guys, four. long time no talk. So I'm in the market for a CNC machine. This is exciting. Um, after conversations with people, uh, reassurances, my pea brain can handle it. Thank you, Dan. And a little bit of research. Uh, I'm going to run with the Infinity line of CNCs. Uh, however, I'm not sure what one to get. And for new curveball added to the mix, Onefinity released the Elite line of CNC machines. Uh, just curious on your guys' thoughts on what model a newbie should get. Should I get the X50? Should I get the Elite uh, X35? I don't know. Is there another one? Also, um, what size do you guys suggest on getting on for uh, CNC machines? Uh, I know I'm not quite at Mike's level where I need a 45 foot by 65 foot CNC, but I don't know if 32 by 32 is too small, but I also don't know if 48 by 32 or the 48 by 48 is too big for a guy who is just starting off in the CNC world. So do you guys have thoughts, opinions, anything I should be getting to begin my journey with, well, potentially the journeyman, but anyways, uh, looking forward to hearing you guys' answers. Uh, as always, thanks again. You guys are awesome. Talk to you later. Well, I'll defer to the one finity gentleman over here. The two guys over here who know about, I mean, I'll give my answers after what I, my thoughts are, but, Pete, what do you, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like me and Dan are going to have the same answer, which is like, yeah, I think go we're all going to have the same biggest you can and the beefiest mm-hmm. like Dan, I think you and I, well, you, you, I didn't, I never got the original rail, but you kind of immediately wanted a bigger rail, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I, when I got my one all they, all they offered at the time was that 32 by 32 footprint machine. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as was that you, what it was 32 yeah. by 32? Yeah. yeah, that was the woodworker is what they call it. Um, yeah, as soon as you get comfortable with that machine, you're going to want to go bigger. So might as well just go bigger from the, from the get go. 
and just save yourself a little trouble. Uh, Well, if it's probably should have looked it up. I don't know how big the new Elite machine is, the forty-eight by forty-eight. But if it's the same distance uh, X as it is Y, or is it Y? Whatever. Uh, You're going to need a sixty. Inch table by 60 inch table for sure. Yeah. I want to say it was 63, right, Dan? Was yours, if I remember straight from when we did your table? Was it like 63? The- Mine's right on 60. Yeah, it's 60. Uh, is it okay? It's it's pretty it's pretty deep. So the the only reason I'm mentioning the the machinist, so the machinist is their small, like it's their metalworking uh machine. It has actually the stiffy rails, which is the third rail on top, which is what the elite now has. Um and the only reason I mentioned that one. Yes, it only cuts 16 by 16, although I think you can actually increase the x-axis. Is If you can't go too big with your machine, and let's say if you're limited to like a 24-inch table up against the wall in a one-car stall and you can't can't go deeper, that's still a good option. Uh, and, you know, I think they make a wider one as well. And that's kind of the the better, you know, the better answer. I used to recommend the Shape Boco because they have this smaller one, only if you're limited on space and, and you still want to get a one you know, it's worth mentioning machine. that all the Onefinities are upgradable. Yes. I mean, you don't you don't have to just go up and buy a new machine. You can actually upgrade to what you want. So that's that's an option as well. Yeah. Something he said, and correct me if I'm wrong, like he was worried about the skill level. There's no difference oh. between the skill level for the sizes. It's literally just about the footprint. Whether you have I've been machine I've been talking to I've been talking to Josh through DMs about, you know, the learning curve and uh, how hard it is to learn how to run a CNC. I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, if you can figure out uh, Microsoft Paint, I think you can figure out running a CNC. It's pretty simple, pretty basic CAD program yeah. to run to run G code or whatever. And I think with the new ones now, you're getting uh, VCarve Pro. I think, or is it just for a year? But you get it's a pretty which is a pretty great I think application you're to use. Getting a a deal on it. I don't think. Oh, is it just a deal? It oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but you also want to invest in a you know decent software for it as well for for the modeling part. And I mean Fusion 360 is also a great option. It's a little overwhelming to start out with. It's a little Fusion yeah. Fusion 360 is a little robust for a beginner. I, yeah. I feel like I think the software is the bigger skill level challenge than the machine itself. For sure. Yeah, because like once you know what you're doing, the machine is pretty easy to operate. Mike, you you'd say go biggest you can too, right? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Go as big as you can, go as big as you can afford and whatever space you got. Cause like <clears throat> you both are, I mean, Dan's upgraded already. He's going to upgrade to the other one or get another machine. I'm thinking about it's getting a second like, machine for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's just like one of those things. Like they just, <clears throat> they just pay for themselves. Like you can find ways to use them all the time. So, I mean, I'm going to get a second machine myself. It's there's, yeah. if you can make space for it, you're going to use it. Like you can just constantly keep them running. It's unbelievable. Like once you get going, so like hundred percent go as big as you can. In my for, opinion. for example, with me, like I actually can't go bigger than the 36 inch deep. I have the journeyman. So I have the 48 inch rail, but I can't go any deeper. Cause I'm, I would lose the entire walkway around my workbench on that one side. Cause I need to go at like another foot and a half. I think it's like 14 inches. I would have to add to my table. So I can't do that. I am probably going to go with the beefier uh, Z-axis because I have the spindle and I highly recommend just going with the spindle out of the gate. So get the the bigger mount. Don't bother with the... That reminds uh, me. The, the I bought that, that new Z sp- spindle that they offer. Oh, nice. And that's with yeah. the spindle what is that? as well or no? It's a, just a bigger or a Z rail. It's just a bigger beefier uh, Z-axis rail. And I bought it with the spindle mount already on there so I don't have to deal with that. Mm. 
Nice. So you just pop in. So then all. So what would you would just need a new X for the to get to the bigger size if you were to upgrade it from what you've got? Uh, the Y's. No, uh, y. Two Y's. The Y. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd upgrade your Y because the X is long. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. Although cool. I think the Elite has goes that third can. rail on it. But yeah, go as big as you can. Amanda, Amanda. Do you have any thoughts on this? <laughs> None. <laughs> like, no CNC experience at all. But I mean, I, I guess, uh, yeah, go for it. I would. I don't have anything to big. contribute. <laughs> go big. Go yeah. Big go, go as big as you can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Solid advice always. Or get a shaper, uh, right? Or get a shaper. Yeah, shaper. that's a yeah. You have good CNC option. experience. That's a CNC. Yeah. You do have CNC yeah. experience. I mean, yeah. I, I guess. And then, talk about that. Was that a hard thing to learn how to use? No, super intuitive. And I have like taken a CNC class um, and didn't retain much of it because I didn't use it. But um, I feel like the shapers are really intuitive way of getting into CNC type work and Mm -hmm. the disadvantage is you have to hold the tool, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. like it is, it is um, the advantage is a small footprint, very um, in my opinion, accessible price for what it is. But um, yeah, the advantage of a CNC is having it run. You know, I know you have to kind of keep an eye on it, but having it go while you can work on other things. So it just really depends. Yeah, yeah, set it and forget it a little bit. I mean, you got to watch it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the origin is definitely a uh, very intuitive tool. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the next question is from Mitch Hale from Horndog Maps. Why are you keep laughing at the name? <laughs> hey, this is Mitch from Horndog Maps. I had a question about Horndog. applying finishes for picture frames. So for the last two years, I've been using a Danish oil, which I make my own, which is a mixture of polyurethane, mineral spirits, and boiled linseed oil. But lately, I've uh, been looking more into shellac, and I really like how fast it dries, and it seems to be like a nice, hard-ish finish for something that's not a high-impact item like a table or a dresser or something like that. So is it possible to make your own Danish oil using shellac and denatured alcohol and boiled linseed oil? And the final product is brushed on. I don't have the space or area or anything like that to spray it on. So let me know. Thanks. I will go first. I don't know yeah. about that concoction, honestly. I don't know what that would equate out to. I don't feel like that's going to work. Um, I mean, I guess I understand the thought process because what's that Maloof finish? It's like one part mineral spirits, one part polyurethane, and one part boiled linseed oil is the Maloof finish. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, I guess you're just trying to make your own mixture of stuff. That's basically Danish oil. <clears throat> yeah. Right. So, I mean, you can break down your um, – you're breaking down your shellac with denatured alcohol, which, you know, that's how you break down the shellac. But um, I'm not real sure. I don't really have a specific answer to that. But I will say that I think shellac is plenty good for a picture frame, in my yeah. opinion. Because gonna you're going to put the finish on there and walk away and you're never going to touch it again. So – Especially um, for a picture a frame, low. a very low traffic item. It just goes up on a yeah. wall. I think shellac by itself might be a nice finish. Dan, you were recently applying it, right? Yeah, what I put it th- on the door jam. Shellac is great. I love shellac. I might start using that more often. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't use it on a tabletop, something mm-hmm. that's going to see a lot of action, but stuff that's going to not be used like a picture frame, stuff that's not going to see wear and tear. I think it's great for that. Uh, and as far as right. using that, 
in your own concoction to make a Danish oil, I'm going to go opposite of Mike. I don't see why that wouldn't work because they're all oil-based finishes. I don't see why they wouldn't work. You know, worst case scenario, mm-hmm. try it out and see what happens. You know, you're, you know, make yeah. a, yeah, I'm make not a, saying it wouldn't make work. a I'm test picture frame. I can't tell you it will work and try it out and, you know, report back. Cause I'm kind of curious too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna start using Slack on more on more projects because I think it's great. I used it on the door jam. Okay, let me back up a little bit. I used it on the door door jam because I needed to get that thing out today. I was way behind. I needed to get finished on it in one day and delivered. So what I ended up doing was I used Slack to give it that that richness, that amber look that uh, you get from an oil based finish, mm-hmm. and then I sprayed it with water based spar urethane after the Slack was fully cured. And that gave me the outdoor protection that I needed. Um, okay. If I you would, if I would have just sprayed it, of shellac, two coats of shellac, two oh. coats of spar urethane, water base. If I would have just used the water base spar urethane, it would have the color would have looked a little muddy and kind of bleak. Because I don't know if you've ever used a water based finish on um, walnut, you just don't get that richness, in my opinion. I know some finishes you do. You can use like amber. The Amber Halcyon or mm. I think even some of that Target coatings looks okay. Honestly, like just the shellac is going to be the same thing as doing the Halcyon, the Amber Halcyon. That's like a great way to do it. L- yeah. Lay down a base coat of shellac and mm. then throw a water base over the top. It's a fantastic way. Yeah, you just have to make sure that that shellac is fully cured before you put the water base finish on it. And actually, if you right. want to play around with it, maybe get some shellac flakes and cut. do your own cut. So you yeah. can play around with that if you want to maybe give it a little more richness and whatnot. That might be a good way to play around with it a bit. Did you guys know that true shellac flakes are bug excrement? Did you know that? I thought mm-hmm. it was their carapaces or their bodies. Was it excrement? Something. No, it's a bug sure it's, product. It's it's the I'm pretty. It's yeah. It's something that they make. Yeah. <laughs> it's a body. It's body. Yeah. Goop. Nature is. Who thought of this? <laughs> right. Yeah. But I want to hear what Amanda has to say, because she's, I mean, you've probably had a lot of experience with um, handmade finishes. Yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with shellac, but um, I do know that, um, I believe that shouldn't be an issue as long as they're, the only issue I could think of coming up with is the wax, like the one that's, like Zisner, I think is the brand that has the wax in it. Zinser, yeah. Zinser is something like waxed that. enough. That's the, yeah. but with an oil finish, actually, I don't know if that would be. Um, a big problem, but our flakes, well, the denatured like, alcohol would break that down. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't see an issue with that. Can't think of anything. That but would. I definitely, I definitely think they should try it and report back mm-hmm. and let us know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm curious for sure. Cool. Uh, and the next and last, well, the next and last call-in question is from Toma, and that is this question. It's me. Hey guys, I'm Amanda, it's Thomas, again. Given your name, Sawdust Woman, what is your superpowers? Can you throw sawdust? Or maybe turn into dust and fly with the wind? Does it mean your weaknesses are fire and a HEPA filter? Sorry for this as outrageous as my accent joke. I've been working like an elf on coke for the last few days and I need sleep. A lot of sleep. 
Anyway, I saw that you have a woodworking class for women and non-binary. Can you detail what is the difference from a, quote, regular class? Is it so the student can be more confident going there? I hate to say it like this, but does it mean that because I'm a beginner woodworker that happens to be a binary man, I couldn't att attend your class? even if I don't judge people on their sex, gender, or whatever it's called nowadays. I know, the French strikes again with this kind of question, and to be honest, I understand why you created this class, Amanda, but can't we just all shave wood together? Thank you, bye! It's me! Hi! I've got an awkward question again. <laughs> oh, I get it, now you're singing it! So, okay, I didn't know what it was at the end. I thought I was just going to keep going. <laughs> so, obviously, you know. Well, what is her superpower? Questions. We got to start with the big one. Yeah, what is that? Well, all the above. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes to all of those. Um. <laughs> so, so, I think it's important because it's it's a it's a good thing to talk about. I mean, I know where Tomah is coming from on this mm -hmm. and where his actual, why he's asking this question. So, you, you did recently do a class for women and non-binary uh, students. And, you know, his question was, as a binary male, would he not be allowed to go to that class? And, and he's asking why that class was put together. And I think that's a good topic to talk about for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a good question. Um, and I think that's the most, if I've ever gotten pushback on it, it is, basically that is why can't we just like let everybody do this and i'm all for inclusivity and but we work in a trade that's dominated by men um and as somebody who has been in classes where i was the only female and this hasn't always been the case i've had great experiences i've had bad experiences but as a beginner, it was really discouraging um, being the only female in a room and competing with, and this isn't always the case, so I'm careful to talk about this, but um, competing with ego and competing with um, just this, I, get, I would call it, I would sum it up to ego. Um, I had classes where um, we were all beginners and either the other students were repeating to me what the teacher was saying immediately after the instructor was saying it, or I was just kind of somehow pushed to the back of the class. Um, it happened a lot and it was really discouraging. And so creating by creating an exclusive class, it's providing inclusivity. Um, and it sounds counterintuitive, but there isn't, there is plenty of classes that allow everybody to join. All the other classes are, are, yes. are for anyone else. Um, and this is this is to create a space for those discouraged by that. Um, I'm. I had a friend who summed it up really well. We, she, she and her partner were um, working on their kitchen, and he hands her a skill saw, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know how to use that." And she's like, no, I don't. And it's not assumed that we know how to do that. And and that's what I approached in classes was there was this almost this assumption that I had 
no idea what I was doing, even though I was at the same level. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. even the feedback from that class, we, we provided scholarships and people wrote in and it was, you know, I'm, I'm intimidated by the thought of um, being assume, assume that I can't handle it, or I'm afraid to ask questions because I'm already, I already feel at a disadvantage. So it is, it is um, a way to create a space where it's, and it did provide that it was a, I've, I've assisted classes where there was one female in the class and this almost always happens where she's the last to go at every tool at every machine. And almost always she's the first to finish because there's this like patience and like methodical way. And I was that person. It was like, I get to watch everybody else do it. Like it, there's, you're not competing with ego. And in that class setting, everybody was able to just let everybody take their turn. They're all listening. There's no like, Oh, I know how to do this better than you. Or even just that there was no competition. It was just, everybody was at the same level everybody was making space for each other and everybody finished that project in like zero stress. It was one of the first classes I've ever experienced where there wasn't like somebody like freaking out (laughs) to finish a project and everybody completed it. Um, Right. And it's really, uh, you know, I've been in all in, in this summer I went to schools that were all female and non-binary. It's just this like warmth in like this very intentional way that those shops are laid out and made to feel very comfortable. Um, and that's not to say that <laughs> a man can't do the same thing. It's just a, there's an understanding and a camaraderie about it that allows for, I think, a comfortable learning experience. Um, and so I hope that answered the question, but it is important. Well, but, yeah, I think like on the, it does answer the question really well, but also like on the same, like that's not primarily the type of classes you're going to, you're going to teach. No. Um, you're, you're making, you're, you're teaching those classes, but it's you're also of. going to teach just a wide open. It's just yes. one of the types of classes that you teach. So just exactly. his question was, can't we all shave wood together? And the answer is yes. Absolutely. Yes, go get a class mm-hmm. with Amanda and her, and she's teaching and that is going to be an option. But mm-hmm. Amanda's also going to be teaching classes that are inclusive to a group that is underrepresented in the community. Mm-hmm. So, and that's important yeah. because they need, everyone should be brought into the community. When, yes. when I was teaching at the woodworking school, we had an, a women's only class. Uh, we had several uh, that the owner Priscilla um, was teaching and it was one of our most popular classes because it, it very much felt like a very non judgmental, like you're coming in and you know, you could be of any skill level, obviously, but there, there, there is definitely, you know, <clears throat> an intimidation or a stigma and even if the, everyone in a class is very loving and supportive you don't know that going into it and i think it's uh it's it's good to right out of the gate know kind of what to expect and know that you or feel at least that like at least on some level you're on the same level as everyone else in a room uh another mm-hmm. place where i saw this was when i used to work at a rock climbing gym we had a women's only time uh on a weekend and that was actually very important because we had islamic women that climbed there with hijabs and they were able to take them off during a class, which is something that they could never do, you know, if, if men were around though, cause it's a, it's a religious thing. So there are many different reasons to have that. Um, and it's something that's a very freeing for the students. And, uh, I, I love it. I'm full support of it because every group should feel comfortable coming into this hobby. 
it's just providing an extra space. It's providing an extra opportunity. Right. Um, the same thing with the blog is that intention is, you know, we don't know what is holding a person back from pursuing woodworking. It, whether it be a financial situation or they just don't see a version of themselves in it. That, that was a big thing for me. Thank goodness for Instagram when I got into woodworking because I didn't know any women who were in it. I just saw magazines and, you know, it, and yes, there were women in it, but not a large percentage of women. So it was this like, do I fit into this? Um, so I think that sense of community is really important, especially in the early stages of woodworking, seeing a version of yourself, seeing, um, the same life you're leading basically. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important in continuing and wanting people to continue to woodwork. Absolutely. Great answer. Dan, any thoughts? Dan agrees. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the we have a written in from, and we kind of went into this, but um, it's from Nick Graham uh, with Graham Woodwork or Nick Graham Woodwork with Amanda. With the growth of your blog and Instagram, what are your future goals beyond teaching? Beyond beyond teaching, um, I do. I writing is a big part of that, and yeah, creating these spaces. Um, the digital classes, the intention of that is to make woodworking accessible. Um, I, you know, I talked with Dink on the, on the blog about this. It's like very hard to start out. I think for anybody to justify buying a bunch of tooling, if you've never touched a woodworking tool before, like, are you going to go buy a joiner and a planer? And it's so classes that revolve around, um, yeah, you can do this with a drill and a circular saw and like get a project done. Sometimes I think that's more important than the level of project is like completing something, feeling good about it. And that perpetuates this like desire to continue to learn. So yeah, outside of the blog and in social media, I think it ties all into it, but and teaching, um, I want to pull all those things together to make, bring more people into the community. Short answer. (laughs) Now, yeah. is there any yeah. plan for, oh, sorry, just one, this kind of my question on this, because we often ask our guests that, you know, are also very heavily content creators. Um, is there that part of it that you're also trying to incorporate into, you know, your future? Yes. Yeah, definitely. The content creation is a um, something I'm pretty new at, but I'm definitely headed, trying to head that direction because it does provide the revenue in order for me to continue to do that kind of work. Um, right now, um, you know, I've been trying to do scholarships and like fundraisers and things, which I can do in this space, but to be able to expand that at some point I have to pay bills as well. (laughs) So I like the idea of, um, having those revenue, different revenue streams coming in allows me to do that kind of work, more of that kind of work that I want to do. So yes, definitely want to pursue that. It's awesome. Sweet. Very cool. Um, that is that kind of, that's pretty much the pod. Uh, yeah. I'm going to do one quick thing. I'm going to mention our top VIP patrons. That is Alex Copajons, Andrew Vehi, Jake Miller, Christian Tong, Michael Flickinger, 
Square Splinter. Sorry, I don't know your first name, bud. Tim from Lock City Woodworks. Uh, those are our top patrons, you guys. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is awesome. Thank we you really for having you me. Coming on here and, and thank you, your uh, perspective on things. It. It's great. Yeah, seriously. Um, it's great to have the gang, the Austin gang back together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, hashtag Snickers. Uh, but anyway, but anyway uh, we, we'll be back next week with another episode. Oh, Pete is going to throw the link to Amanda's blog and yep. her Instagram and, and everything down there below. So we'll get the link to the blog in there so we can get some traffic over there. I do recommend you go read that blog post and watch the video. They're both very good. Uh, it is a very good interview and Dink gives a very good perspective that I think is relevant to a lot of the parts of the conversation we had here today. So uh, go spend some time reading that and go watch the video. Um, but yeah. we'll be back next week. Uh, we have Johnny Johnny Lambert joining us. Johnny Builds, right? Yeah, Johnny Builds. is next week. And then uh, the week after that, we have Andy Klein joining us, which is going to be really cool. So um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Good, oh, good we didn't line. mention. Pete's going to put it in the description, but we have a code for <gasps> yes. WorkbenchCon. So uh, you get $50 off WorkbenchCon code. And uh, that actually helps the podcast out too. We get a little kickback on that as well. So if you want to support the podcast, 50 bucks off a ticket. A-dub- That's a lot. Yeah, yes. You know, it's nothing. It's nothing. This, Nothing to slouch chat. Uh, but yeah, that helps the podcast, helps support the pod. And uh, Pete will put that information in the description as yep. well. So that's code A-W-D. AWP to go buy your WorkbenchCon tickets. We'll talk more about that next week too. We'll bring that up for sure. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks everyone for all your support. And uh, Amanda, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank bye, you. Bye, bye, bye. Love you. Bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye.